ladies and gentlemen, we have returned from the Arctic Tundra to be back and podcast with you. I'm your host, Trick Jarrett. Here with me are my two co-hosts, Tifa Mine and Mike Robles. How you guys doing? I missed our listeners. I missed them. Mike, you missed them, right? I missed them. I was hanging out in Urza's hot tub, though. <laughs> Fair enough. I was at Mistress Party House. Nice. A fun... Uh, so we missed like a couple of weeks. I'm sorry. It, it, in actuality, we were here in Seattle, uh, either sick or at conventions or, 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 or sick. Or sick. <laughs> so, there's also a lot going on. There is a lot going on. You were traveling. Yeah, I had some travel. I had the pro tour from Montreal. Tour, there was sickness. There was Animal City Comic Con here in Seattle. Like, there was just a ton going on. And, that's it. and we're gearing up for PAX East, so there's a lot happening. Now, you're going to PAX East, right? I am going to PAX East. I am jealous. I am jealous, sir. I do not get to go to PAX East, and I'm kind of unhappy about it, but I will I will soldier on. <laughs> what are you going to be doing at PAX East? There is so much going on at PAX East. I will be there, obviously, representing Magic the Gathering. We're going to have a very, very cool booth. Um, the details of what we're doing inside the booth will be available on the website now. They, they are now happening. Uh, we'll be demoing uh, some awesome stuff, and we will be conducting Chandra's Quest, which is a little mini scavenger hunt that you can go and solve some riddles and walk away with a pair of Chandra's goggles and get this really cool photo taken uh, of yourself and Chandra there at PAX East. It'll be a ton of fun. That's awesome. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, no, uh, I am really jealous. I have not made it out to PAX East yet. I thought this would be my year. But uh, alas, it is not to be so. I'm, I'm forced to just go to Pro Tours. I had to pick between going to PAX East or Gen Con for vacation. Cause I don't oh, get okay. Sent I was like, work gave you the option? No. <laughs> How I, do I get that deal? I don't get sent via work. But I decided I was going to one of the big conventions this year. I chose Gen Con. Because we're in PAX East season, I feel like I made the wrong choice. <laughs> but I'm sure when Gen Con season is there, I will you, not uh, feel that You haven't way. been to Gen Con before, I've have never you? been to Oh, Gen no. Con. You're going to have a great time at Gen Con. Yeah, you have yeah. a blast. Yeah. I, you, love, I love PAX East. You made the right choice. I, I feel confident, having never been to PAX East, you made the right choice. <laughs> Pax East is pretty amazing. I'm not gonna lie. I yeah. love I love the Boston area. I love the convention center. The, the setup the Penn Area guys have is fantastic. They right. use everything really nice. The Magic Tournament area is amazing at Pax East. Yeah, our friends at Penny Arcade do a fantastic job. They uh, really do. And it has it grew from a convention out of Seattle. They now have three locations. You know, Pax Prime here in Seattle, Pax East in Boston. And this year they're launching Pax Australia. Yeah, when are we going to that, guys? Uh, we aren't, but someone from this office is. Yeah, Wizards people are going. No, I'm saying, when are we, the three of us, oh. going to go to Pax Australia? Maybe, maybe next year? <laughs> we, I'll see we if I can get a budget for it. <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing that's going on. We were super excited about. Uh, I wrote an article about losing because I was playing with the new dual decks. We had the new dual decks, Soren versus Tibble. And they were a lot of fun, even though I lost every game. I'm very excited. I really like the Soren deck. I've played both of them. Yeah. The Tibble one's really fast. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an aggressive deck, and... Like, as Kelly Diggs told me when I, I wrote it in the articles, it's the thumb screws deck. It just wants to make every choice you make just a little bit painful. Jeez. Yeah, I, I played I played the dual decks against my boss. He had the Tibbet one. I had the Sorn one. I lost because it's really hard to beat Mark Purvis, but <laughs> I still had fun playing them. So yeah. I'm pretty happy with the dual deck. They are released by the time you guys are listening to this. We, we are still catching up in a little bit of editing time so that I have time for this, but... Uh, Maybe may, ooh, maybe I'll have some of Pax East then for giveaways. Ooh, exciting. Ooh. I may have a couple extras find me. And the other thing that has been taking up all of my time is the very exciting return for the fourth time in Magic's history of You Make the Card. 
The community is so excited. <laughs> we blew past voting totals out of the water. I, I can't actually tell you what won, because as of this very moment, the numbers are too close to call. Really? Like, we're recording this before the votes are done, wow. and it's so close, I can't confidently proclaim which will win. Uh, in fact, there's discussion we may have to have a runoff, depending on how close this ends up being. Wow. And it's between Enchantment and Land? That's right. Those are the top two ones, which is a total surprise. I I would have guessed, if you had asked me beforehand, that Creature would have won. I would have yeah, wanted I a Creature. I would have thought that, too. But uh, Enchantment and Land are currently the top two. A creature is not far behind, but it's far enough behind. I feel fairly confident it's not going to make a late surge to, to come up and win it. Now, I'm wondering if this is because we've done a Creature previously. Uh, some of it. Some of the thing is, is that Enchantment and Land are the two we haven't done out of the options we gave. Right. Them. Oh. We love Sorcery in with Instant, so that's also one we haven't done. But Enchantment and Land are both ones we haven't done yet before. And as we all know, Magic players love pattern completion. That's so, true. Uh, we we do believe that had a, an impact on it. Enchantment, I will say, was actually in third place for a while. Creature was second, and then huh. after the first day of voting, Enchantment had a huge surge to actually chase down the leader, and take it over. So we will find out. You guys already know, but us as casters can only be excited about the possibilities that lie in our future. Uh, you Make the Card is one of those things that, uh, for those of you who don't know, perhaps it's a little late, but you might have figured it out by now. Uh, the community gets on the website and it helps us make a card. And we haven't told you what set it's going to go into, but it is going to go into a future magic set. And you'll get to see the card that you contributed to in magic. Uh, and it goes on for weeks. It is not a quick thing. You have not missed anything. There's still, at this moment, a ballot poll going on on the website. So go to dailymtg.com and cast your vote. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what the community comes up with. Yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. And I'm really excited because I'm excited. Have I said excited yet? Because I'm really excited. Uh, I'm yeah, just I was just thinking how exciting this <laughs> been. Uh, I'm just hoping for another Crucible of the Worlds. For me to make another Crucible of Worlds. Crucible just, of Worlds. Just, it's just an enchantment this time, though. Yeah. <laughs> or a land that's Crucible of Worlds. A land Crucible of Worlds. A land Crucible of Worlds. If this, cre- if this land is in your graveyard, you, play you may it. play a land from your graveyard instead of your hand. That's right. Per turn. That doesn't Something like that. Awesome. Well, you don't play Commander enough. That's <laughs> true. Commander would love that card. Oh, yeah. So, guys, I think for this episode, we should answer some listener email. Yes. Yes, we should. We have listeners. They've emailed us. We haven't had a podcast in a while. We should answer some of these backlogged, amazing questions we have. All right, so I'm going to dive into this first one. It's, it's a little long, so hang in there with me while I read it out. It is from Dan B. Dan writes, Hello, Daily MTG crew. I'm a, quote, kitchen table magic player that started playing around M10. I started with a group of college buddies and have since lost that play group when I moved to a new state during the Innistrad block. Since then, I have been struggling to find a casual playgroup like I had at my previous home. Uh, now I only get to play during Magic events such as pre-releases, game days, etc. By the way, I really enjoyed your podcast on playgroups. Kudos. Thank you. Thank you very much. I have a Thank question you. that might be a, quote, no-duh for most regular players, but I have been struggling with. What do these terms mean when referring to a decklist? Quote, Jund, Naya, Delver, and Agro. So I know this is not a thorough list, but I think that you get the idea. Where can I find out what this stuff is all referring to? Is there an article somewhere? I know what some refer to specific cards, and others refer to play style of decks such as aggro, but what about the others? Thanks for your time, and I'm looking forward to your next podcast. Get well soon, Dan. Dan, thanks for the, the email. We have answers. I think one thing, though, is that these are just definition terms, and probably once a year or so, various of the magic websites will do, someone will do a collection of the current dictionary of magic. 
But uh, I definitely feel your pain. These terms are uh, prevalent and not that self-explanatory. So new players are really... So let's tackle that first one. Uh, Mike, what, what is Jund? Jund, I believe, came from the Shards of Alara block, and it's the shard that is uh, black, green, and red. Uh, and I know that it originally referred to some of the mechanics of Jund, but now I think if you're playing Jund, it just means you're playing those three colors, which is what a lot of these terms sort of reflect now. When it used to mean certain mechanics, now a lot of the terms just mean you're playing these colors. Like Jund, you know, you're going to be playing black, green, or red. Uh, I would add in addition to that, while it's definitely a color basis, it's also used in reference to the card advantage. Because Blood Raid Elf was a very prevalent card yes. of the original Jun decks, and even now current Jun decks. While yes, it's most likely still tied to those three colors, it also has a tie to the card advantage engine that comes with uh, tends to come with those colors. Uh, next on Dan's list was Naya. Naya is green, white, and red. It also comes from Shards of Alara. And there are three other shards that come from the Alara block: Bant, Grixis, and Esper. Again, those all refer to different color combinations, and those three haven't really been adapted as deck archetypes. They're still used to refer to those color combinations, but I wouldn't say that any of them are self-defined sort of deck archetypes. I do hear the term Esper Control thrown around a lot. Yeah, right, but, I but, think that's usually that in reference to like a Flyers deck with a lot of control. Yeah, and usually has control tied onto it. You don't, you yeah. don't hear just quote Esper to embody right, yeah. control. Third on Dan's question was Delver. Now, Delver actually is a fairly recent one. It refers to the card Delver of Secrets from the Innistrad block. And that is, of course, a, a blue creature that made use of peeking at the top of your library. And if it was an instant or sorcery, you flipped it over and got a very effective 3-2 for one blue. Uh, much to many players' chagrin for a couple of... It's also a common and destroys the popper. That's right. It's kind of fun. So uh, Delver is just a shorten for that. It refers to decks that made use of that archetype tended to be sort of uh, aggro control, you know, aggro decks for the early beatdowns and then instants and sorceries to further their lead and prevent you from accomplishing your own goals. Last on your list was aggro. Mike, how do you want, how do you want to define aggro? We sort of, we've used the term. Just fast, just fast beatdown. You're going to get... You're going to use ramp to get as much mana as you can to cast as big creatures as you can. You're going to attack as fast as possible. It's usually green and red of some kind. I mean, anything can be aggro. There's aggro zombies. It's, I mean, Simic can also be very aggro. It's oh, yeah. all attack all the time. Other terms like aggro, though, are, you know, we mentioned control, or like Esper control. Yeah. Aggro is sort of one of the top-tier deck archetypes. Any deck that tends to try to attack to win can be largely seen as aggro. Well, and I also think, I've heard a lot of players use it as, like, I'm an aggro player. Sure. So it's even more than, like, deck types, but also just a play style. Like, I would consider myself a very aggro player. Uh, you have control. You have combo. Combo, where, you know, decks yeah. that win by going off in one turn and doing, you know, lethal in one turn or doing something broken. Usually they require, um, like, a couple of cards in the deck to come out at the same time. Right. That's why it's combo. Uh, another one that's probably more confusing and one that I will I, I don't really won't, won't dive into the definition of is mid range, which is sort of like <laughs> the term that has become to be used as the middle between these, where it's sort of an aggro, sort of a, a control. Uh, like yeah, that that's that, the one that the, they still argue about the actual that definition. Thing, and that thing's just getting thrown around for everything. Mid range right. jund, mid range aggro, mid range zombies. Right. Like just... uh, some people will say that it's also <clears throat> mid range for depending on the size of the creatures. Like right, if it yeah. tends to be slower to start, it's, it could be mid range. There's like I said, there's 
a lot of ways to interpret that term, uh, none that I feel are really conclusive. Uh, so, Dan, thank you for the email. Let's, uh, let's move on to the next one. The next one's from Graham K. He wrote, he wrote a nice paragraph, but the, the email has, comes down to this. It says, uh, so what is the wackiest or most interesting decks you have all ever seen, played, or built over the years? Uh, he, he talks about how he had a, a wall deck that he called Patriot Defense, which is an awesome deck name. Uh, so, Graham, let's talk about crazy decks. You know, I've built a lot of crazy decks over time. I, I, that's actually how I prefer to play Commander, is I like these weird sort of, not necessarily crazy combos or anything like that, but setting up this weird sort of box that I have to design in. So, like, I have a Carador deck that is only lands and creatures, which actually does fairly well, considering Carador en- enables creatures so well. But uh, that's, a, that's a kind of a crazy deck I've done. Uh, Mike, what's your craziest deck? You're the real crazy oh, deck builder man. of the podcast. Where to begin? All right, so I'll talk about a couple of commander decks I've built. The first one was a five-color Horde of Notions deck, and it had all the Shadow Morbishes in there. And the goal was to get Horde of Notions out, make him a, a, a Legion Elemental, and just drop all of the all of the Legions, and he just became massive. And yeah, it always worked. It was really hilarious. I took that part of the deck, continued with the five-color theme, and made a five-color. All planeswalkers, no creatures, deck that used nothing. Every spell or enchantment had the term each player, all player. That is actually the deck that comes to mind when somebody says, think of wacky decks. Uh, like When I saw this question, I was like, I, the wackiest deck I've ever seen was Mike's planeswalker commander deck. Wow. It was ridiculous. It was 23 planeswalkers uh, with a bunch of each player, all player spells. And I'm talking like goblin game, flipping coins, just... Hilarious, not always fun. It was one of the wackiest. Uh, Didn't I, it like never win? No, but it was hilarious. <laughs> it was super funny. I had a similar uh, the one of the the scorekeepers we use on the Pro Tour is a guy named Nick Fong, and he has a commander deck that is all random effects. Like that's that's the, ah. it, it is every random effect he can fit into this deck. And we had a gameplay where I was playing Kiki Jiki, and I had generated a bajillion tokens. <laughs> But in doing so, I also had Warstorm Surge on the board. War, Warstorm Surge says that whenever a creature comes into play, deal damage. He had a spell that uh, ran- assigns targets randomly. <laughs> uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, so every time my creatures came into play, we had to generate the target. So I actually had to pull up random.org and calculate a random, like, one out of one out of 41, like, was the number. Like, one out of 63 at one point. Because like, it had to be players and all creatures. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was a crazy game. I have I've done you know crazy decks where uh, I wanted to do a story, oh, yeah, which yeah. is uh, tough to do. Like you know, okay, well here are the main characters. Here are cards that are all related to the main characters. I honestly haven't done that in a while. I should do one of those again. That sounds awesome. It, it, it was a cool idea. Uh, never played very well. But now you have Thespian stage. That's right. Now we have Thespian stage, so the show can go on. The show can go on. <laughs> I also have a standard deck that I'm playing right now in Midgo, and it's. Uh, it's all Axeman Guardians, Absence Pilgrims, uh, Gyre Sages, a couple of Thragtusks, a couple of really big creatures, four Unexpected Results, and four Primal Surges. So I got Chronos Memorial in there. Uh, and I did it, I've only done it once, but I managed to cast Unexpected Results, hitting Primal Surge, casting three Gyre Sages, four Thragtusks, and a Chronos Memorial. Wow. The guy I was playing the, in the chat was like, I'm not even mad. It's like, I'm not even going to lose. 
<laughs> How it, can you be mad? It's fun. Uh, and then the other day I played it and I primal surged and hit unexpected results like first. So wow. Like, ah, Which this. is exactly what I told him would happen when he told me he was building It's deck. still hilarious. I only have eight cards that are not permanents in that deck. And it cracks me up. I love playing that deck. It's wow. Fun. So, go ahead. So for me, um, I usually only have uh, like a couple of standard decks that are competitive. Um, and I only have one commander deck. So I play pretty competitively, but I do a lot of drafting. And I find that after like a month of drafting a set, I just start trying to do wacky things with the drafts. Uh, like at one of our team drafts, I drafted Rakdos in Gatecrash. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it was not a good deck, but it was <laughs> super fun. I had four active treasons uh, and just like a bunch of... Like, things that, like, stole creatures for a turn or, like, did different things, like, with your opponent's creature when I had them. Um, it was just really wacky uh, and a lot of fun. And there was also, Mike and I recently did a Winston draft of Return to Ravnica and Gatecrash, and I, it was, like, four colors and just, like, all over the place. Um, and right now, one of my standard decks, which, like, is aimed to be competitive eventually, but right now it's actually Mono Creature. Oh, interesting. Which, like, that by itself is completely different than yeah. most decks. Like, I literally only have creatures. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I love reading from the lab on Daily MPG. Oh, yeah. uh, Mike Cannon, who writes it now, does a great job of showing these these sort of crazy, wacky decks. Uh, and there's been a lot of great authors for From the Lab. Noel before and the others. There's all sorts of crazy decks. If you ever need ideas for crazy decks, just go through <laughs> that, that column's archive. Uh, so, Graham, thanks so much for your email. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, next email, Andrew DM. We'll just call him Andrew DM. He says, Hi, Daily MTG crew. I recently got into Magic and love the new RTR block, but there's one problem. I don't have anyone to play Magic with. I'm only 14, so FNM isn't in the picture. So how do I find people with my age to play with? Well, Andrew, you, I, I feel your pain. I have been there, like... I learned to play in middle school, and then when I went to high school, I went to a different school, and so I didn't really have a circle of friends to play with, so I sort of fell off. But that was years ago, let me just tell you. The world has changed. The magic has grown. I guarantee there are people at your school who play magic. you just got to find them. So I, I would say, you know, take your cards to school, play with them, break them out during you know, lunch or whatever, and even if you're just goldfishing the deck, that's the first step I would say, is look for people at school to play with. Yeah. Uh, the second thing I, I think I would suggest is, you know, FNM may be out of the question, but there's still a local game store around your place, I would imagine. If you go to go to locator.wizards.com and enter your house address and see what stores come up around you. And even if you can't make it to FNM, there, you should still be able to find stores that you can go to on Saturdays or Sundays or yeah, something like that. I was going to say, there's probably, that's, that, that store's probably running some other casual events or some other tournaments that you can probably get in and play. Well, like and even beyond events, mm-hmm. you can just go and hang out. You can yeah. still go and meet other players. That's how you can get into it. I mean, I was, I was younger than you when I first learned to play, so it's not a matter of age. You don't need to be worried about that. But I think those are the main things I would suggest. And then the next thing is, Teach a friend. I, I taught countless friends. I, I probably could run a tournament, run a pro tour with all the people that I've taught to play Magic just because I love it so much and it's so much fun to play. Uh, I would really recommend you know those three things. Well, and also there's always the option of dual planeswalkers on Xbox, Steam, PlayStation, iPad. iPad. Yep. If you know, you're just having the urge to play Magic and can't find people all the time, uh, there is you know, that option as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say look into all of those things. You will find someone. 
write us back. I would love to hear in the next couple of weeks, you know, if you taught a friend or if you did find a store, how it went. Let us know how you did. Yeah. Shoot us an email. Uh, so those are three awesome reader emails. I, th- I think we're good. Uh, I don't think we need to go further. You guys feel good? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. I got to tell you guys, it's busy, exciting times around here at Wizards. It really is. Uh, Magic is doing awesome. I'm really excited to start showing you guys Dragon's Maze in the next couple of weeks. Ooh. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be real fun. Thanks for listening. Uh, you heard us answer some reader emails. You can email us at dailymtgcast at wizards.com. And Mike, Chief, and I will read them and, and see about possibly answering them on the air. Also, I love to hear from people on Twitter, at Tifa Mayan. Yeah, find me uh, on Twitter. Find me at PAX East, at Michael Rudless. Tweet at me. I'll be walking around with swag, probably. And I am, of course, at TrickMTG on Twitter. We will come back to you all in two weeks, I promise.